Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. As you can probably tell, Noops and Andy aren't here. Noops, I think, is in the air somewhere. Andy just landed. I should have sent him the link and told him to pop in, but uh, was getting ready to do the show. Nevertheless, I'm producer Dan, and, and Matt Rooney is here with us. Matt's like, I was thinking about it, he's like our sixth man our utility infielder he is the guy who is here whenever we need someone yeah. to fill in and i'm i don't have a regular role but yeah. I, mean, I play like four or five like three or four <laughs> times a week like I, I don't really know exactly what my role is i just sometimes just see my name on the lineup card i don't know if you guys saw andy's tweets this morning from the airport though he was tweeting at about 4 30 being at the mm-hmm. airport which i guess it's fine if you're on the early flight but then complaining he was in the wrong terminal that he couldn't get his breakfast chicken wings at 4 30 in the morning i don't know about you guys i love wings yeah. Get those away for it, it, it. I need to be at least like a late lunch for some wings. It wasn't breakfast chicken wings. It was the Bloody Mary that just so happens to have a chicken wing as a garnish. So and you're telling me he wouldn't get a couple extra wings on the side. I mean, I wouldn't, but like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a ch- I'm a only eating chicken wings if I'm watching sports. Uh, but nevertheless, football is back. I feel like I've said that ten different times on shows, but the NFL season kicks off tonight with the Bills and the Rams at beautiful SoFi, the place where the season ended last year, the place where the season starts tonight. And we wanted to bring on someone to talk some football, someone who is a serious, serious, serious NFL better and expert. And the beautiful thing about the Betsports Media and Technology Group is an expert on anything NFL is just a Slack message away. So the sports betting betting manager for 4 for 4 for Betsports, you can see him on Betsports Golf regularly. Ryan Noonan is joining us. Ryan, thank you so much. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to be here with uh, producer Dan and our uh, Juan Uribe of the Betsports mm. Group, which is, uh, you know, Matt, who fills in and wears – both of you wear a ton of hats, so mm. – uh, obviously a brown bag fan and excited to to get here finally right all the cliches of you know it's 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 christmas day for us in in this industry and yeah we got a great one to kick it off so i'm excited to talk ball with you boys yeah, how excited it, are you to fun. stop guessing on the like future bets are awesome but like yeah it's, it's just guess like dan and i do college football and like leading up into week zero week one like you kind of know some of these teams but man it's just guessing it's hoping you get stuff right it's hoping certain guys how are you excited how excited are you to get week one in the books and actually have some real live, like this is actually what these guys look like. Yeah. I mean, the uh, my pushback on that would be like, essentially with football, we're guessing all season because sure. we have such a small sample size and we really have to make, you know, their matchup based, you know, takes and, you know, that very, you can skew. You go back to thinking last year, you know, green Bay, New Orleans, and, you know, Norland just blows the doors off of the Packers in week one. And everyone's like, well, what's going on with the Saints? Is this the year that, you know, it's the last dance in Green Bay? Is that a problem? And all of a sudden they roll to the number one seed. You know, the Saints can't keep it together. So it's hard to not overreact. It's what kind of why I think week two is probably one of the best weeks to bet on because there's so much overreaction in the market. But, yeah, I, I get it. It's real football. Preseason football just doesn't do it for me. I can't get down on preseason football. I don't feel like there's any real betting edge to be had based off of what we assume to be minimal playing time or limited playing time. So I don't spend a ton of time capping fifth and sixth stringers. Um, so I don't really get excited about that. But yeah, we got real NFL football and I'm excited to uh, to watch a good matchup. Before we get into talking betting angles and things that we're looking forward to, just as football fans and enjoyers of the sport of the, the NFL, 
uh, we'll, we'll for Frank, I think we can all kind of opine on this, but we'll start with you, Noonan. What uh, one storyline across what was really a wild offseason in the NFL, all of the quarterback movement, you know, everything that happened in Cleveland and with Tom Brady and Russell Wilson and so on and so forth. What one storyline, if you had to pick one, what one storyline are you most interested in for this season? doesn't have to be betting just as a fan of football. Yes, yeah, is really hard because there are so many, right? Because to Matt's point, we spend so much time guessing, make a guess in some form on every team, right? Whether it's, you know, doing prep for all these. And the more I thought about this question, I'm really interested to see what happens with the Bengals. Um, you know, the presumed Super Bowl hangover that we see very often. And um, again, you don't see a lot of teams that have a six and a half win total in the preseason end up in the Super Bowl. And I think there were a lot of reasons that they were going to be a real easy fade this year. But then you look at how the offseason went. They basically answered the one hole in the roster that they really had, which is the offensive line. You have three new starters, above average starters. And you have this defense that played maybe a little bit above water last year, but they made some nice additions in the draft, I think, to help solidify some depth, especially in the secondary pass rushes above average. And then really you have this core with, with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, that I want to continue to like be bullish on, right? So even though I think there are some things schedule-wise that weren't in their favor last year, they had a real nice break as far as how the playoff schedule broke out for them. So I get the regression piece. The schedule is going to be harder. Um, every road game in the division is in prime time for them this year, so that impacts a little bit of rest. But again, like I just want to buy Joe Burrow and this passing game. Um, so I, I think that they're going to be a really interesting watch to see how they kind of handle things. Absolutely. I mean, I think that that's a really good, really good point about some of the additions they've made to this team. And I just think they're like they're a fun team. Like it's really hard to kind of want to root against Joe Burrow just because right. there's something about him that's so fun. Cool. And Jamar Chase, yeah, he's just got that like cool edge about him. And it's a franchise that, frankly, like both for us, like most of our lives, we don't remember the eighties when they were going to super bowls regularly, we just kind of remember that franchise being bad. So to see them on the uptick, is cool. Matt, same question to you. What are you most excited about looking forward to this year? Staying in the same conference. And this might be uh, somewhat of a cop-out answer, but just the entire AFC West, because I don't think outside of the chiefs finishing last place, which would surprise me because they're the chiefs, but like, even with how good that division is, if they finished in last place with like a winning record, that wouldn't shock me. That that division is so deep. The division is so good. They lost Tyree Kill, but did some things. They added uh, Juju, so I, I think he's going to be kind of a – he's not Tyree Kill, but I think he's going to be a perfect fit kind of in that role. Um, the the Raiders went out and got Chandler Jones. Then Now they have two elite pass rushers. The Chargers have two elite pass rushers, and they add J.C. Jackson to that secondary. Denver's defense is going to be really good again. Is Russell Wilson – kind of washed or is Russell was Russell Wilson excuse me just kind of disgruntled in Seattle with a system that didn't fit him is, is he in a brand new system now that he's going to be rejuvenated anything can happen in that division and obviously the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year projected to be a two-win team on the deep dive um, but anything can, so anything can happen all football but like anything can happen in that division and it wouldn't surprise me you could you could have some really good teams not making the playoffs because that division is just going to beat up on each other. I personally like the Chargers, but like no one winning that division would surprise me at all whatsoever. It's so good. It's so deep. Anybody can win on any, any given Sunday in that division. So that's what I want to watch just because it's going to be great football. Yeah, Matt, Matt stole my answer. So I'm gotcha, Dan, because you want me to do my real one. No, I'm a content <laughs> machine, so I can always just pivot on a dime. The, and I'll go to the NFC since we talked to AFC, uh, 
the San Francisco 49ers were very close to making the Super Bowl last year, and they've decided to turn their entire offense over to a quarterback who they barely played last year. Uh, is this going to be kind of a, is this going to kind of be a Kansas City Chiefs thing where they were where the Chiefs were playing at a good level with Alex Smith turned it over to to Patrick Mahomes and went nuclear? Is that what we're going to see, or is Trey Lance not ready? Like it's one of the most fascinating stories in the NFL. Like the Buccaneers are probably going to be good if they're healthy. The, the Packers are probably going to be good if they're healthy. Like we know the Rams are probably going to be good if they stay healthy. Like the the Eagles are everyone's high on the Eagles. I get it. Like there's not a lot of like wide distribution, I think, amongst the contenders in the NFC, other than San Francisco, where it's like, this could be something that goes nuclear, or this is something that could go uh, very poorly. As we dive into expectations, at least in the betting market of things, Noonan, what one team or teams are you higher on than the market right now? And what team are you lower on than the market tends to be on right now? I feel like to your point, Dan, because there is so much of an open, you know, the NFC is just wide open and really the AFC to, to, you know, Matt's point as well, because there are so many viable teams. I think the quality is obviously better in the AFC, but uh, the team that I continue to be higher on, I think is the saints. Um, You know, obviously losing Sean Payton is a problem, right? I I don't want to pretend that it's not, but otherwise there's a lot of continuity here, right? Dennis Allen's been there for a while. Um, He's moving up from obviously defensive coordinator to the head coach, Pete Carmichael stays on and will be handling the offensive coordinator job and taking on the the play calling role left behind with Peyton retiring. But like, there are so many things that are better here than they were last year. First, if you look at just health Uh, offensively, they had the second most adjusted games lost due to injury last year, according to football outsiders on the offensive side of the ball. You know, we saw starts from Ian book uh, started last year uh, for them, which is, that was impactful. The Ian Book game actually is the one game against Miami. Real quick, Miami's defensive DVOA 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 rating was tenth on the season. If you take away the Ian Book game, they were seventeenth. That's how bad the Ian Book game was uh, last season. But now again, he's the upgrade good. offensively. He's not good. No, but we're going from Marcus Callaway, Traquan Smith, and Deonta Harris to Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Jarvis Landry. It looks like Alvin Kamara is going to stay off of, you know, the legal, you know, suspended list or anything like that, at least until the offseason. So, again, the offensive line isn't as good as last year. Turn Armstead left, but they still a pretty good offensive line. These guys are plus money to make the playoffs here. We know that they have the uh, the number against the Bucs. Um, the rest of the division, they get two games against the Falcons. I'm sorry, Dan. I think that the Panthers are better than people think, but again, I think the Saints are a better team here. So you can get them over three and a half wins in the division. I think at minus 110 on Caesars, and then they're plus 120 to make the playoffs at MGM. So I like the Saints quite a bit. I thought it was weird. My my position on the Saints that I have right now, I took some Dennis Allen coach of the year because it was still hmm. sitting around, and this was a few weeks ago, still sitting around like 30 to one, which didn't make any sense to me because I like, I understand, like it's hard for me to admit that the New Orleans Saints are going to be good as a Falcons fan, but like objectively, everything that you've said, everything that Drew and Andy have said, like I totally understand why people think that the Saints are ascending and like the Saints winning that division, which feels very possible the first year after Sean Payton. Like if that happens, Jameis Winston comeback player of the year feels like that's a lock. I understand that. But like 30 to one for a coach on a team that could win a division in the conference where 
I think it's going to be where I think the variation might be a little bit higher. Like the AFC, we know who's going to be good. And I think one of those good teams is probably going to get the top seed. Where in the NFC, we might see a surprise there. And on the flip side of the market, though, who who are you not as high on as some people might be? Yeah, I'm not really interested in anything that's going on with the uh, Tennessee Titans these days. Um, again, I just think they're significantly worse than they were last year. Obviously, they outperformed a lot of metrics last year. Again, like one of the worst number one seeds of all time. We saw how that played out in the playoffs. Offensive line is pretty bad. Um, they lost some starters there. It's kind of a, a just a unit that's been um, slowly getting worse year after year. And so is Ryan Tannehill, just kind of a three-year um, regression, both in terms of clean pocket and against pressure. I mean, every quarterback is bad or not good against pressure. But what's happening with Tannehill when you look at the, you know, against pressure numbers are pretty frightening. Now, again, not a lot of talent on the outside. They're going to run a lot of two receiver sets. They traded AJ Brown essentially straight up for, um, you know, Traylon Burks, who's really struggling. And what we saw with Derrick Henry last year before he went down was troubling. When you look back at 2020, we saw 27.8% of his carries came against stack boxes, according to next gen stats last year, it jumped almost 10%, 36 and a half. And then the, the efficiency dropped massively. We had a 45.6% of his carries had more rushing yards than expected in that 2020 season. It was down last year to 37.8%. Um, it just, again, I don't want to bet against a guy who's kind of a historical freak, but it is a problem here that the offensive line is getting worse as well. Now the defense will be solid. They play in a crappy division, but again, like I don't think that they should be really considered even kind of in the same ballpark as the Colts in this division. And they're, you can get plus money on them to not make the playoffs. And we're talking about how loaded the AFC is. I mean, I think that they are, they'd be the fifth best team in the AFC West, right? If you could add them to the AFC West, I think they are worse than all of those teams. Uh, I just don't see a path to the Titans making the playoffs. They'd have to win this division. And I think they are much closer to the Jags than they are to the Colts. So I'm fading the Titans. All right. I have a couple questions regarding, I, I was talking with you before the show, your TikToks, big fan of your TikToks on uh, the four for four bets account and basically giving out, out uh, most of your preseason futures. First one, I want to talk about the AFC West because that was my most interesting storyline. believe I saw you have the chargers to win that division outright. How are, is, is that how you're betting the AFC West? What was your approach this off season when kind of deciding how to bet the AFC West? Yeah, I mean, it is, it's loaded. I just, I think that they are the most complete roster on both sides of the ball. I think that there is still as good as Justin Herbert has been. I think that there is more ceiling to be had there if they happen to turn him loose. Um, he's just 21st last year in air yards per attempt, but he ranked third in the league in adjusting completion percentage on passes 20 plus yards down the field. So we have a guy that is basically has shackles on still a little bit. We know that he's accurate. He can push the ball down the field. They don't really allow him to do so. And I think that they have better weapons. I think Josh Palmer coming coming into his own a little bit in the second year adds a third body there to the, the receiver core. Again, you add Khalil Mack. You talked about it. You have to have these bookend elite defensive ends. And now Khalil Mack with Bosa there. J.C. Jackson obviously going to miss the start of the year. But, again, just adds an element that they didn't have last year at corner. If they, they can just kind of stay healthy, which has been kind of their bugaboo for the last decade plus, the roster's always been pretty nice. Uh, but if they could stay healthy, I just think there's so much talent here. And Justin Herbert, I think, is still ascending. Where the Chiefs' defense is a problem. There's going to be a ton of shootouts. I have questions about kind of how things go in Denver. I kinda, I'm a little bullish on Denver, too, but I think that they're not quite as good 
as uh, the Chargers are. And then I have questions about the Raiders defense too. I think the Raiders are probably a little underrated in the market too, because everyone thinks they're clearly the fourth team. I think that offense can be really good, but I think the Chargers just have all the pieces there. Again, we can't predict injuries and in some of those things. So I just want to look at the roster and the quarterback who I think is ascending. So I like the Chargers and it's plus 250. Great number. All right. And then I, I also have to talk about the NFC North being a Bears fan. I got to bring it up. Um, I saw your TikTok. Yes, I believe, believe it was yesterday, but it's the one that I saw yesterday as well. Having the Lions to finish third at plus 160. I'm going, I, I've tried to take a step back and look at this as a neutral party and not a Bears fan. <laughs> I truly <laughs> don't understand why people think the Bears are going to be mu- that much worse than the 6-11 and 11 team they were last year. When you you did lose Khalil Mack, he also played about half the games last year. He was on the field, wasn't healthy. You lose Akeem Hicks, who barely played last year. You lose Allen Robinson, who was a shell of himself, had a career low in receptions, career yeah. low in targets, and quite honestly looked like he didn't want to be there last year. Other than that, you improve on the offensive line. You bring back Robert Quinn, who had uh, a career year last year, set the franchise record in sacks for one of the most storied defensive you know, franchises in NFL history. You make two draft picks in the secondary that improve there. Eddie Jackson can't be much worse. And I cannot stress this enough. You have brought in a coaching staff offensively that will not try and shoehorn Justin Fields into a system that he's not set to fit to run. So I don't understand why everybody is saying, you know, three, four worst team, you know, worst team in the NFL, number one overall pick. I don't see how they're worse than last year. It's fair. I mean, that we didn't see much for some of those guys. Like you mentioned, you know, Hicks, Mack, uh, Eddie Goldman. These guys have had difficulty staying on the field. Again, asking two rookies to step in and contribute. Again, I like both of these kids coming out. So I think mm-hmm. Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker can can be really good. And they're going to kind of need them to be right away. And, and to your point, the schedule is more advantageous than it was last year as well. Um, I want to believe in the play calling. We just don't know a lot. When we really haven't seen, um, you know, this staff call plays in the NFL before offensively, mm-hmm. the offensive line I think is still going to be a massive issue. There's just not a lot of top two talent or depth here that they want. And I want to believe in Justin Fields. I'm a Patriots fan. I wanted the Pats to take him in the draft. I was excited for my Bear fans, um, my friends that are Bear fans, when they got Justin Fields because I think the potential is there. I'm worried that. When the season ends, they're still not going to know if he's the answer because I don't think they're going to give him a fair shot here based off of the talent around him too. Again, Allen Robinson was a shell of himself last year, but the secondary pieces outside of of Mooney, who I really think is kind of best suited to be a receiver, a wide receiver too. It's a one B two for sure. He's not yeah. a he's not an elite receiver, but he's the next kind of step below that. Yeah, I think he's super talented, and I think they can gel outside the pocket, and I think Fields can create plays. Um, I just. I think the pass rush is going to be a problem. They're going to be, I think, bad at stopping the run to get off the field in late in second halves. Um, I just think there's a lot of downside here too with uh, with what can happen with the Bears. Now again, schedule's nice. That works. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm. I think they're again. I think the lines are probably closer to the Bears than everyone thinks. I think there's a lot of smart people wanting to restore the roar, and I think it's really gone way too far. I think the Lions' defense is still a massive problem, especially in the secondary. I think they're going to have to be again elite out front. And I just don't think that they are. And again, I think your ceiling is capped with Jared Goff at quarterback too. Right. So I'm with you. I I think that they're probably closer. I just think the bears are probably in my opinion, comfortably the worst team in the division. So I knew this was going to go long and that's bad producing on my part to, to, to ask too many questions. So let's I don't talk into- as much as Andy, but I can get going. So I apologize. It's all good. You We're- say a lot more stuff that makes, you know, more sense than Andy. Andy <laughs> tends to, um, 
I don't want to say ramble, but you know. No, it's been a great conversation, and we'll keep it going as we move on to tonight's game, the actual game that's on the field this evening. Bills and Rams uh, probably should have been the Super Bowl matchup last year, but that's neither here nor there. The Bills are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. I think they opened plus one. It is now out to two-and-a-half. John Ewing on Twitter put this out yesterday. In the past 10 years, teams that become bigger favorites in week one have gone 32-51-2, which is 39% against the spread. So the Bills going from a one-point underdog to a two-point, two-and-a-half-point uh, favorite fit this bill. Noonan, what do you expect to see tonight in our first game of the NFL season? I mean, interested to see how this plays out. Again, the, the line movement is notable, but not crazy, right? Again, I think when we move from the Bills being a slight dog to – um, a favorite is interesting, but again, we're we're really dealing with we're still short of three, and I think that's important to understand key numbers. We're moving from zero, or you know, even Bills minus one to Bills minus two and a half. It's just not really super impactful as far as the line goes. Um, I'm interested to see this Rams offensive line hold up against a Bills pass rush, which I think is going to be improved. I think I want, I'm interested to see what happens with the Rams backfield usage. You know, Sean McVay has typically been a one horse guy in the backfield. There's been a lot of talk with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson in this offseason about both of them being involved. Really want to see what that usage looks like in week one. One of the bets that we made over at 4 for 4 just actually still available. We've been kind of on maybe the wrong side of the market, but uh, wanting to shade a little bit under on Cam Akers' total yards uh, because I um, I think we're going to see a little bit more Henderson. Um, so that's still out there at most places at like 62 and a half. I just don't think he has a massive passing game role. He was obviously coming back too quickly from that injury last year and did not look good down the stretch. So I want to take under on that. And the narrow passing in target tree on the Rams side, I think overs on Allen Robinson, overs on Cooper Cup make a lot of sense because there's really not a lot out there as far as, you know, ancillary pieces in the passing game outside of of, uh, Robinson and, and Cup. So I think chasing overs there might feel like a donkey move, but I think it makes a lot of sense because there's just not a lot of other options. I love it. Well, on that note, we will get you out of here. We appreciate your time and joining us. Where can people find you? It's going to be a lot, but where can people find you on the internet and thereabout? Uh, Move the Line is our podcast at 4 for 4. Uh, week 1 episode is tonight live at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, just essentially an hour or so before kick. Uh, and then also on Fridays uh, at 2 Eastern will be our prop show if you're into prop betting. Um, I heard there's son- an awesome new intro for the prop drop show. There is an awesome Hello. new graphic for the intro of the prop drop show, which I'm excited for folks to see tomorrow. It is uh top, top notch uh, at Ryan Nuna on Twitter and uh, 44.com. There you have it. Go follow them. Go check out, move the line, everything they do. Betsburts golf, probably back next week, right? Because, back next week. Yeah. Cause they're in Napa. So Noonan will be everywhere on this channel. You can find them. We appreciate your time, Ryan, and best of luck with all of your bets tonight. And as the season goes forward. Thanks, Chance. Good to catch up with you. All right. So we are going to try to speed run through the rest of the show, I think, because that went very long, which is fine with me. Uh, We're going to start with the first. Yeah. It's it's good conversations anyway. I just have to save our voice because we have the blogger bowl this afternoon. Um, One o'clock central, two o'clock eastern. Tune in live. (laughs) Um, First touchdown scores from Noops. I don't know if you have you looked at this list. Don't look at this Uh, list if you haven't. 
I have looked at it. I mean, I, I watched a little bit uh, earlier in the week when Noops was, Noops was talking about it. Gotcha. Um, but no, I have not done too big of a, a deep dive into it. I was going to ask you to guess if you could guess anybody who you might think would be on. If you, I mean, ever I don't have to see the list. It's yeah. quarterbacks and it's tight ends and it's sometimes a second running back. I mean, it's what Noops. There you does. go. Uh, he's got Josh Allen at plus a thousand. We actually bet this at DraftKings at plus thirteen hundred the other day, so pumped about that. Uh, and then tight ends, as you talked about, Dawson Knox plus thirteen hundred, Tyler Higby plus sixteen hundred, and then both defense and special teams, which I kind of love. I might see where this price is sitting later, and if I get really antsy, uh, pick on pick one of them. I my, my philosophy, I tend to usually just play smaller and just pick one on each side to give yeah. me a rooting interest on each side. I have Josh Allen, so I'll probably pick a Rams player. Uh, have you? Are you going to play? Are you, do you have any intention of playing? I saw, any? I, so I was just scrolling through FanDuel now. I, I saw James Cook at plus thirty two hundred. I like taking some flyers on those second the secondary running backs because there are a lot of times where a main running back will get you down and then you'll switch to a second second package and you see those guys come in in the red zone and break one off. I don't really know how they're going to use their the, the Bills are going to use their running backs. Obviously, Singletary is their one. I don't know if Cook's going to end up getting more carries or snaps than Moss or, or vice versa, but a 32 to one for a running back. That'll probably get some run. I, I like that there. And I, I do want to take a roll of the dice on Allen Robinson. At, I think it's nine uh, plus 950, a little bit uh, shorter than I like, but I think he's going to have a massive year for the Rams. Um, he when interested, when engaged, when not um, ignored by Matt Nagy was really, really good. In Chicago, like that first year when they were 12 and four went to the playoffs, he was absolutely outstanding. He was a superstar wide receiver. And then, you know, the years went on. Maggie forgot how to adjust and call offenses. He became dis- dis- disinterested, excuse me, clearly wanted out, played with some bad quarterbacks. I think you're going to see a guy who makes a bigger, bigger impact than Odell made in that Rams offense last year. I think he's young. I think he's rejuvenated. Uh, and I think you're going to see a guy who gets a lot of attention taken off him because Cooper Cup's going to have all of it. And I think he's way too good to not soak up a lot of attention. So I think he's going to have a lot of favorable matchups. Wouldn't be surprised to see him get one, you know, on a, on a deep ball early. That all makes sense to me. Do you want to go first with your bets today or do you want to take a break and, and, and catch your breath and I'll you go, you go, I need to, all right, you need. So first off, so I have, uh, as I'm stalling, I have what I have called the producer Dan sports misery parlay. For the weekend, Alabama minus 20 and a half against my alma mater, the Texas Longhorns. Saints. Sorry, Dan. Uh, oh, I forgot to update that. That's sorry. That's supposed to be Saints money line against the Falcons because I actually think the Falcons are. I would probably, if you put a, a, a gun to my head and said you had to make a pick, I'd probably take the Falcons there. And then Toronto FC plus 230 against Atlanta United. The odds of this come out to plus 826. Uh, Texas, you'll hear my full take on the Alabama Texas game on the Blogger Bowl. The long story short on that one, Texas just does not have the guys right now to compete with Alabama. Their offensive line and defensive line just aren't good enough. Quinn Ewers, while might, he might have potential, he is probably going to be a little bit overwhelmed in this game. And Nick Saban, while he's not the kind of coach to run the score up late, I think he's going to run the score up early in this game. So there's that. Saints are a better team than the Falcons. This, I just wanted to say this, and I'm going to put this out there, and I don't care if anyone pushes back on this because they're wrong. This is the best rivalry in the NFL because my argument for this being the best rivalry in the NFL is I would say that these two fan bases, the highest percentage of fans of these two teams would say the opposing team is their least favorite. I think the only rivalry in the NFL where there's this much pure distilled hatred between these two between two fan bases, maybe Bears Packers, but that's yeah. kind of like to me a historical 
No, but there's I'm not trying to one up you, but there's hatred there. If you add oh, just from going on what you said, yeah. If you ask any Bears fan what team fan base they hate the most, they say the Packers. If you ask any Packers fan, I would say 99.99 would say the Bears and maybe 0.01% would say the Vikings. But for the most part, it's those are very agreed upon. We are our biggest rivals and hate each other. And I but would say to your point, I agree with you. Falcons fans and 100% of Saints fans would say they hate the other team. Um, so I think the Falcons are going to end up being a little bit more competitive in this game than people think. And I don't think that's hopium there. I legitimately think you get divisional games, rivalry oh, yeah. games. In the first week of the season, those tend to be weird. As for Atlanta United, uh, their playoffs hopes are basically done at this point. And then even though he's not their best player anymore, he's still the best player in franchise history. Uh, Joseph Martinez has basically not started for like now five games in a row. He was pissed off after the Portland game that he didn't start. So he flipped over the post-game meal table after the game in the locker room, got into a shouting match with the manager and had to be separated and got suspended. So things are going great there. I want to do the draw no bet as part of this parlay, but FanDuel won't let me, which is disappointing because I thought this was America. So I really like the draw no bet for Toronto. If you don't know what that means, that means if the game ends in a draw, you just get your stake back. Obviously, the odds are less than the plus 230, but I don't care. Atlanta United's kind of a mess, so we'll roll with it. That's Alabama minus 20 and a half. That is the Saints money line, not the spread. That was a mistake on my part. And then Toronto FC plus 230 against Atlanta. You can get plus 826. Now, the odds on the Toronto game have shifted, disappointingly, by the way. Um, when I started to put this together last night, the odds on this parlay were uh, plus 770, which 770 is one of the area codes in Atlanta, which was kind of perfect. But oh. alas, that didn't work out. And we'll wrap the show with Matt. You have a, a parlay here. And of course, it wouldn't be Matt on Brown Bag Bets without a Chicago White Sox first half of uh, Chicago White Sox uh, bet. And I really, really hope you appreciate the logo. Did you throw, did you throw an Illinois Wesleyan fight in Titans? I did throw an Illinois Wesleyan fight in Titans because I didn't feel like putting a Mississippi State, Fresno State, and White Sox logo. I thought that would be busy. So I went with the alma mater, the Illinois Wesleyan fight in Titans. Here we go, Titans. I think they open up this week against Ohio Wesleyan, so we'll be taking a look at that. Uh, no lines out on that, out on that, unfortunately. Maybe by the Blogger Bowl I could I could uh, scrounge something up. Uh, I'll start with the White Sox. Uh, this one's just more of a fun looking for some action. The, the MLB slate's pretty, uh, pretty low today. I think there's only six or seven games. Um, I like the White Sox first half margin by one to two runs, mainly because I like the first half under. Uh, Dylan C's thrown for the Sox last time out. He was an out away from a no hitter against the Twins. Uh, he's also got a little bit of a window here with Verlander hurt, with McClanahan hurt to make a, a push for a Cy Young. He's kind of closing in on Justin Verlander if you look, look at the odds. And they play the A's, who are, well, that Oakland has been a little bit of a house of horrors for the Sox in the years past. Uh, the A's are really, really bad. So I, I, I see the Sox starting out with a, a starting out slow offensively, uh, even though they have been better at the plate uh, in the last couple of weeks. It's been more of late inning hits coming up in the clutch. J.P. Sears throws for Oakland, limited action this year. He's actually been very good. Uh, so I, I think the Sox are leading this game, you know, one to nothing, two to nothing after five. Um, and then I am going to go with my fade, the Pac-12 after dark parlay. We're going to take Mississippi State's money line at Arizona. That's minus 430. The, the spread's minus 11 and a half, and weird things happen in the Pac-12 after dark, so I don't want to touch that. But I do like them on the money line. And Fresno State's money line is now, it's, I think, minus 110. I think that game's a pick now. Uh, they're getting a little bit uh, faded because of their 
I don't want to call it a bad performance against Kyle Poly, but they didn't quite live up to expectation. I think they kind of sleptwalked through a week one matchup. Oregon State played really well at home against Boise State, but as we saw last year from splits, Oregon State's a different team uh, on the road as they are at home. So I'm going to take some money lines here. Mississippi State with Mike Leach, who knows a little bit little bit about coaching Pac-12 after dark games to get Mississippi ready to win a game on the road at Arizona and Fresno State to get the job done at home against Oregon State. And plus 140, not the, not the juiciest parlay, but we still got some plus money there. Love it. Yeah, as of right this second, at least at FanDuel, Fresno State is back out to a half a point favorite okay. in that game. And I read, so basically I read that wrong, but I was going to take issue because for some reason I thought you were going to take uh, – you were going to roll with Oregon State there, but you're not. And I have – no, I'm going to take that State. one out. I have an opinion on the other game that you gave out there for the total, which we'll talk about this afternoon. Uh, I'm sitting out that Fresno game because I have no idea what to expect, but – uh, we will talk a lot of college football this afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blogger Bowl. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Uh, Andy and Noops will be back tomorrow, we presume. I have no idea where in Vegas they are going to be, but they are both going to be in Vegas. And I think for the first time since I've been producing this show, they're going to be in the same place. Like they're hopefully going to be hanging out together and doing brown bag bets, uh, getting you ready for the weekend. The U.S. Open semifinals will be going on. Uh, the I think the U.S. Open women's semifinals are tonight. Pour one out for my just my p- perfectly profitable Pagula parlay. Just last night, but the U.S. Her Open clip yesterday about off. drinking the Heineken was hilarious. It was very funny. Uh, shout out Francis Tiafo, the young American making it to the semifinal, the first African American to make it to a semifinal at the U.S. Open since Arthur Ashe playing at Arthur Ashe is pretty awesome. Uh, so there's that. There'll be college football. There'll be NFL football. Football is here. Enjoy the game tonight. Oh, Andy and, and Andy and Drew will be live at halftime tonight. No idea where Andy's going to be. think Drew's going to be at the game. So the feed is probably going to be terrible in terms of like the audio and video quality, which is going to make it more entertaining. But it's authentic. That, it's raw. Authentic. Real. So vulnerable. me and Matt and sure Phil is. at 2 o'clock, halftime tonight. Andy and Drew, and then Andy and Noops will be back tomorrow for Brown Bag Bets. For Matt, I'm producer Dan, and they will see you guys tomorrow.